Hi, everyone. I wanted to remind you of a must read. This is a book that you have to have on your bookshelf. It is called The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. He is able to help you make important decisions, give you some guidance on which path to take, and you get to learn how he tapped into the wisdom and power of the unseen worlds for guidance and inspiration. I had the opportunity to interview him, and he was a lovely guest on the Path 11 podcast, episode 343. Check it out. Listen to the podcast. Go buy the book. Again, it's The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer. To find out more information, go to his website, carlgreer.com. That's spelled C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by the Reconnective Healing Global Community. I don't know if you guys remember, but back in 2020, we released an episode with Dr. Eric Pearl and Jillian Fleer about reconnective healing. He was a chiropractor who was working in his practice in Los Angeles, and his patients started to report that they were having these healings just with his hands being near them without him actually touching them. So he went on to research and try to find out what this universal wisdom was behind what was happening. And he developed the reconnective healing process. Their website is thereconnection.com and they are offering an online level one class called the portal to awaken your own healing ability and to learn how to do this. There's over eight hours of interactive content where you will learn to interact with energy, light, and information to experience lasting knowingness, peace, and love without limitations. They gave us a coupon code to give to all of our listeners. It is PATH2PORTAL. We're going to put that in the show notes. And that's 25% off of the Portal Online Level 1 course. I hope you guys enjoy. Let me know if you take it. Send me an email. Would love to know how the course works for you. Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I have an amazing guest, and this guest of mine has researched over 2,500 cases of near-death experiences. I don't know how she found the time to do this, but she did. Um, her name is Lynn Russell, and she was just delighted by what she has learned in her research that she wrote a book, and it's called The Wonder of You, What the Near-Death Experience Tells You About Yourself. This book has received rave reviews, and a now more in-depth second edition is available on Amazon. Lynn's interest in science spans 45 years, and it has helped to add a profound understanding of the link between science and spirituality. She also has a new spiritual children's book that I think came out in July. It's called Warple which was uh, launched in July, like I said. And her main focus today and what we're going to talk about are the spiritual lessons that she has learned that people who have had these near-death experiences, that when they come back from the beyond, what these overarching lessons are. So Lynn, welcome to the Path 11 podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. 
Yeah, my gosh. So 2,500 cases of near-death experiences. So I have to ask you, like, what brought you to the beginning, the very beginning? Why were you interested in making this pretty much like your lifelong study? Yeah, and it was. It was. It was. It started when I was around eight or nine, and my grandfather died. I didn't know him very well, so it, it didn't matter that he died to me. But it brought to my mind and my realization that people thought that I was going to die someday, and that that really scared me. I didn't know what that meant. My mother was an atheist, so I asked her what happens after you die, and she said you just disappear. And as an eight or nine-year-old, that was terrifying for me. And so I, I really, I, I, that got me started. And I, I researched just about every kind of religion and spiritual thought there is in the world. And uh, then when I retired, I was a family counselor. And when I retired, um, I was thinking about writing a different book. So I was doing research and I wound up on NDERF, which is Near Death Research, Near Death Experience Research Foundation. And Dr. Long, Dr. Jeffrey Long, asked me to do some research or asked somebody to do some research for him. And I put my hand up because I had all kinds of time. I just retired. Yeah. So that's how it all came about. Okay, so what was Jeffrey Long looking, you know, to get out of people doing research for him? Well, he was doing research for a book that he wrote, Evidence of the Afterlife. And so that was his book. And my research was the information he has inside that book. Okay. And did he have specific people who had near-death experiences? Like, did he give you a list and said, okay, Lynn, here's... 2,500 people. Here here they are. Go interview yeah, them. Yeah. Call them. Like, what was your interview process like? Actually, no. Well, partly, but people would write in to NDR out their experiences. And and then I would read the experience, of course, but after the experience, he had a very extensive questionnaire. And I would tear the questionnaire apart. How many people had saw the light? How many people had went through a tunnel or different elements of the experience? And in the beginning, I was interested in what happened after death and, but, and this people's experience. But after a few hundred, I, I thought I could know well knew what happened. But I was starting to see hidden, or what I'm saying, not so hidden anymore, information coming back about um many questions that we've had for centuries about what's this all about and why am I here and and what happens after death? What, what is it? What is the whole bottom line? So that was that was what really got me going. And I didn't write the original book that I was that I was exploring because I just loved this information and had to spend, you know, I had to let people know about it. And so that's, that's how. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. So it's like, like you said, you probably had a couple of hundred and, you know, you're getting the details and, you know, what they saw, but then mm-hmm. something clicked with you and you began to feel and see that there was something deeper within some of mm-hmm. these lessons and yeah. maybe not even so much the details of the light or the tunnel or who they saw, but maybe more of the message and the lessons that they brought yeah. back. So yeah. what are some of those hidden secrets, well, hidden answers that, yeah. like you said, are no longer 
longer hidden, but what, what are some of the lessons that you well, found? One of them was that repeatedly people would say that they felt that they were connected to everything. And, and this went on and on. Like that was almost a universal thought. And so that told me that about the oneness. And when people talk about oneness in generalities, most people think of it as a being that I'm like you or that I'm, there's a part of me that's connected to you, you know, spiritually. But I'm fine. I found out that it goes much deeper than that. People, some people have actually entered into the light and become a part of the light. And they experience being, literally being the light and doing the creating and so forth. And, um, and so that was, that was told me that the oneness is actually just one soul, one spirit, one being, and we are part of it all. That one source, and that's it. And so we are an expression of that source. So once you kind of know that, you've seen it happen again and again, how do you begin to apply that concept to your personal life? Like what did that, what does that do for you personally? Well, because it means that uh, everybody is connected. Everybody is, is one. So everybody is connected. And that means that what I do to you, I also do to me. And I do to everybody else as well. And so I have to be respectful of every single life form in the, in the universe because everything is one. And I, I, that includes the universe. It helped you understand your totality of your actions, your words, your behaviors, and knowing that whatever it is that you do has that trickle effect out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that we are, we, we, each of us are all of the things like we're the homeless person. We are the person that is, um, that is behind that burqa. We are that. We literally are that person. And we can, and so we can't judge so much. We're such a judging society. And we really need to cool it because we really are a part of that. Yeah. And, and a deeper understanding, I think, and deeper respect. Yeah, I think that I think what you're talking about is such a big concept that it can sometimes be really hard unless you've experienced the near-death experience or became the light or experienced this feeling of oneness. Yeah. You know, it just feels like the the physical experience that we're having feels so separate. Like I feel so separate from you in some ways, you know, because, you know, here we are, well, we're, we're talking over computers, you know, but like, you know, I could see your background. You could see my background. Everything just seems so separate. Like you have your sense of style. I have my sense of style, you know, you're, you're older than me. I'm younger than you. How could I be you? How could you be me? You know, it's like, it's sometimes a little overwhelming to try Uh to grasp it on the being level, like intellectually, okay, yes, we're all one, but to really live that, yeah. live, live that concept. Yeah. Well, you no, know, and that is true. But, and, and so 
I guess the bottom line is, like I said, respect and just accepting that we, we, that we can't judge. We have to honor that person where they are now. Yeah. Great lesson. So what are a couple of the other lessons in the overarching themes that you, so that was one of them. That's a big one, right? That might be the biggest one. That's probably the biggest one because from there, for example, all knowledge. Well, people who have entered into the light and being a part of the light also are a part of creating. They, they see themselves actually creating and they, and so we, we don't think of ourselves as the creator, but we are, we literally are. And so people have all knowledge. It doesn't matter what the question is. Sometimes even before the question's finished asking, it's, they have not only the answer to that question, but everything is impinges on it. And sometimes that goes bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, they have the answers to the universe and how it started and and quantum physics, which we're still struggling with, and cosmology and these kinds of things. They know all of those answers. And it's a remembering. It's not brand new information. It's they they often, and this is almost a, a quote because they say it so often, is I knew that. How did I forget it? How did I manage to forget that? And that's, that's very common for people to ask that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you also find in some of the bigger lessons coming back? So I'm just thinking of, uh, I've interviewed so many people that have had near death sure. experiences on the podcast. Another message that always seems to be the same message is the message of love. You know, these people come back and really feel a profound sense of love, yes. of kindness. Yes. It appears that what once stressed them before, like, yeah. is so minuscule. And and these people also, I've met them physically in person when I um, filmed the Afterlife Conference for four years. I've met them, you know, virtually. And there really is a very calming presence when you yeah. are in the presence of somebody that has had a profound near-death experience. They're very joyful. They're They're happy. They seem very peaceful. They seem, they don't seem fearful at all. And they always seem to talk about love and bringing love yeah. back. Yeah. What yeah. have you found with that? Yeah. Well, actually, love at the spiritual level is not just an emotion. It's an energy. It's, it's a force. And it's the element that the, that the source uses to create with. And so I sort of see it like a fountain that's overflowing and it's plugged the, the, the place where the water would go into is plugged. And so this water is just flowing out and going everywhere. And it's this energy of love. This, and I call it love energy. And that is our base because it's that energy that is used to create with. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is sort of exciting, I think. And it also says that we are love. <clears throat> and so all of my work ends with be the lot you are because we are lot. We just need to understand it. Yeah, there's something I think really profound in what you just said too, is that love is the energy from which the creator creates things. And if you think about if people create from a place of greed or jealousy or selfishness, or if it's if you're creating something and it's not coming from the essence of love. Right. then it usually doesn't succeed very well, you That's know? Right. 
That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it comes back at you. Right. Yeah. But if you're really passionate about something, you know, I mean, I've, I've met so many different entrepreneurs, people that own businesses and some people that are very money driven, focus driven and other people that are like, I don't care about the money. I just love doing what I'm doing and creating this. And they seem to be like the millionaires, right? It's like yeah. that, like things just flow and they're happy and, you know, they're just creating because there is a love and an inspiration that comes from them, through them and out. And, you know, there's their product or there's their business. So, yeah, I think that that's really key too is to hear that and I hope my audience heard that too like I heard that you know that that is how the creator creates it creates from the energy of love yeah and that if you're thinking about creating something get into that space of love that's that energetic vibration before you create yeah I love that yeah yeah Hi, everybody. I wanted to just take a quick moment to tell you about a beautiful divination deck of cards that you can get your hands on. My friend, Molly Mandelberg, spent two years traveling the world while writing and illustrating the Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. This inspired pep talk deck has some serious magic inside. Pulling a card a day from this deck will encourage you to bring your dreams to life, to allow that idea tapping you on the shoulder, to finally manifest into physical reality. It's sassy, insightful, and potent. The link to check it out is in the show notes of this episode. Just click on there. It's going to bring you right to the Oracle deck. And again, it's Wild Hearts Rise Up Oracle deck. Also, I'm curious to know if... Another theme that you've seen that I have seen is that a lot of times when people come back from these near-death experiences, they feel, I don't know if it's their mission, if a mission is the right word, but it's almost like it is now their job, in a sense, to spread the word about what they saw. And, and it's almost like they're given permission from the creator to say, please go back and tell people about me. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. Yeah. Most people come back feeling... Uh, there's, a, there's a number of things that happen when they first come back. And some people are absolutely elated. And, you know, they're just so excited that they they can't wait to tell people and to get into it and, you know, sharing and, and being the love they are. But other people are blown away by what they've experienced and they have to take some time to just digest it and, and work through. I, I was giving a talk once. And after the talk, the lady came up to me and told me that she was just marking time. She did not want to be here, and she was quite upset about having to be back. And um, and I thought that was such a shame because she's here. You know, it is what it is, kind of thing. And so, and so, she's here for a reason. She wasn't sent back to to mourn that she was no longer there. She's here to do whatever it is that she has to do. Then she can go home. And she, I, I just felt so bad for her. I wanted so much to, to help her. But I had a group of people and I couldn't. So that was the way. Yeah, there was a woman that I had met when we were first doing our documentaries. We made a documentary about the afterlife. It's called The Path Afterlife. And we had a woman, her name was Lindsay, and she was struck by lightning. 
and she died and came back and had a near-death experience. And when we met her, it was probably a few years after her near-death experience. But I remember when we were filming her and she was telling the story, it was still very emotional for her. She said, it's still really hard for me sometimes to be back. She said, I miss that place so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we even had to stop filming for a little bit because there was just so much emotion that came. And there was grief. There was grief that she was experiencing because she was in a place that she said there was no pain. You know, it was just this beautiful love that she had felt, but she knew she had to come back for her children. And, you know, she's not upset that she came back, but there really was, and she said it was very hard for her to make this transition because she was really grieving her home. You know, she called it her home and wanted to go back home. So I, I do think that there's probably some people, like you said, that are really excited and are ready to, are so happy to be here and tell their stories. And then there's other people that are really um, struggling and, you know, really grieving what happened. Another thing that people talk about a lot is that there is real. Here, this is not real. And we think of this as being very real. But, but they, they will say, this is like a, a phony or, or imaginary world. It's not, you know, it's not as real as there. And I can't, I mean, I've never been there. So I, I just, I, when I had my death experience, I just got to the tunnel and I was sent right back. So I didn't get very far. And so I, I can't imagine what that was, that must be like. Because there was one fellow by the name of Larry, and I remember him quite well. And he just couldn't get over that this wasn't real. And he's going on saying, I'm watching television, but it's not real. Or I'm reading a magazine, but I know it's not real. And that, that was a big one for, for a lot of people was that this world is just a shadow of what that the other, the, the spiritual world. So that was an important lesson as well and blended into the, the other lessons. Yeah. And, I, you know, there's, I've studied a little bit, not a lot, but I've touched a little bit on the spiritual text, of Course in Miracles. And it talks a lot about this, that like what you see is really an illusion and it's getting you to see differently. So that's what, what you're saying it reminds me of, but that's a little hard for me to grasp. It's like, what do they mean this is an illusion? Yeah, and, yeah, you know, exactly. when you're talking about it, it's like, what do they mean that this isn't the real world? But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it blows my mind a little bit. Like, what does it mean? Well, because what it means is that we are literally at the source. And this is like a dream or a daydream or a thought or a consciousness of source that is creating this perpetually. And we are creating, actually, you and I and everybody in the world, we are creating this existence in this world. And we can have whatever world we want. We've chosen to have the world that we have because this is what we have made. And, and so that's, that's how I see that. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of shamans and they say that like life is, this is one big dream and you can dream yeah. the life that you want. You know, they that's kind right. of say that as well. So like, I see these perpetual themes in many different areas coming from different people and different religious backgrounds, but and there that, does seem to be this, this thought out there that this is an illusion, which is again, a little hard to wrap your mind around when the physical feels so real. It's like, I can see my hands when I have pain. I really feel, it seems like I'm really feeling yeah, that, not an illusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And 
<clears throat> before we come here, we choose, like the soul decides, okay, I'm going to have a life. And the soul then chooses chore or a goal that they want to accomplish in this lifetime. And then they design the life that they will have around that goal so that their purpose is people call it. And then they have the amnesia. They don't know what they've chosen or what what is supposed to be or what what just happens. And, you know, there's no um, understanding about that. And so that's very confusing, I think, for people, for you and I. I remember I had a client uh, recently ask me because he had read a book of another guest that I had on here. And he said, why would the soul choose to be a murderer if the soul comes from the ultimate source of love? Does the soul really have the choice and why would it choose something that is not of love? Right, right. And there are, that's a very complicated answer because maybe, maybe that was chosen. I know that sounds bad, but the, ult, the choice that or goal we make is always for the betterment of the world. And so we don't know that we need to something else that brings betterment. So I hope that that makes sense. But the other side of that, why evil? And it, if evil wins and God is ultimate, uh, 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 I can't see the word. Omnipresent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then, how is evil? Then God must be evil because God's allowing it. But we are the creators. And we can create whatever we choose to create. And so we create our equals get in the way. And we have to understand that. And we have made this. We've chosen this. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me wonder, too, if, you know, I guess a counter argument to that would be, well, is does do souls choose that ultimately because the creator also wants to experience what that feels like? You know, if if consciousness is always evolving and if you don't have the duality, then how can the one really grow if it doesn't know the dark and doesn't know the light like if you just always know the light then how do you know what the dark is you know it's like in order to know love you have to know hate that's right that's right yeah 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 and that that is certainly a part of it Mm -hmm. and you know and there was one one woman i i blew me away a bit her name is nancy dennison and i don't know have you had nancy on no well when she was in the tunnel it's actually another one. When Nancy was in the tunnel, she realized, I'm creating this. Because we each created our own death experiences. And so what she did was she started dreaming about or thinking about different kinds of places that she could be. And she would immediately be there and it would be as real as that, where we are. And so that tells me that we are the creators of what we, what we, we are. So, um, so that's one point. There was another fellow, and his name was um, Melon Thomas Benedict. And Melon Thomas has since died, but he hated people. He hated 
people. He thought they were just a cancer on the world. And, and he died of cancer, by the way. His first death, at least. And the one that came back from <laughs> And on the way, as he's, de- he's died, and now he's going off wherever. That's the, what he felt like he was going. Anyway, he was going to wherever. He said, well, wait a minute, stop. And everything stopped. It literally stopped. And he said, I want to think about this. <laughs> and so then he asked to be taken to the very beginning of time. And, and he was taken to the beginning uh, before this universe that we're experiencing now. And, um, and watched it create, being created. And I really recommend people go to Marilyn Thomas's um, um, the, a book. He, he has a um, website, and it's still up because the information there is so profound. And if you can't find it there, go to newdeathexperience.com and you, you'll find his experience there as well. Great. Thank you for that resource. And I was um, going to ask you the question. I know that you just shared two of the stories, but was there one of the 2,500 stories that you had read that really to this day you always reference or go back to, or was it just uh, beautiful? What what was that? I I do. There have a few. Um, One is Hapur, H-A-F-U-R. So I hope I'm safe, right? And she, I think she died in childbirth. And she was just an ordinary housewife with no real understanding of anything spiritual except me during whatever she was taught, you know. But her experience was so profound that she came back just, and she remembered a lot of it. So anyway, she, her experience is really very profound. So I really recommend people read hers. There was a woman called D.W., and she killed herself. She committed suicide, and she was brought back. And her experience was so beautiful. It was just, she went right into the light, and she said the light was loving her, and she couldn't understand it because she killed herself. So, you know, that was a sin, and so she was expecting punishment, and she wasn't getting it. She was being loved and, and caressed and given, you know, beautiful experience. And so she said that she gave love back to this, wherever she was, she was inside. And, and then it gave love back to her more. <laughs> and so there was this exchange that was going on. But she said it was a source, it was a soul, it was a being. And so I really was impressed with that one. And the other one that I often refer to is Mira, M-I-R-S, her her last initial. And she also had a very deep and profound experience. And it was just so, it, it just fills me up when I read those kind of experiences. And so those are the three that I would recommend to anybody. And after doing this research, do you feel that, have you yourself lost your fear of death? A little bit. Not, not completely, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> just this little bit that holds on. And I, and I chastise myself about it. <clears throat> How longing, you know, 
why do I still feel nervous? But I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, can you uh, let my audience know where they can find your book if they'd like to read more about your research? Yeah, my book is on uh, Amazon, New Death Experience. Um, so look for the one to review, New Death, and you'll find it. And can I also mention my children's book? Yes, please do. The book is called Warpole, as you've already mentioned earlier. And it's a story of a little boy who is about 13 and he's heading for trouble. And, and he's been bullied a lot with, from other kids. And so and he winds up going to a fantasy world where he comes across some beautiful, warm, fuzzy creatures. And, and that's what started the story, by the way, with the creatures. And he learns that love is a power, the greatest power in the world. Your anger and, and hostility comes back at you. And that about the oneness, that there's, we're all connected. And he also learns that kindness and caring is contagious. So it spreads throughout the world. Oh, lovely. So for my parents out there who are listening and looking for a nice spirituality book for their kids, Warple, that's the name of it. Thank you. And, and people can find you at your website? Yeah, lynnkwassell.com. Be sure to put the K in because there's a bazillion in Russell's. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Lynn K. Russell. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Path Love and Podcast and sharing your knowledge and the lessons that you have learned from the 2,500 near-death experiencers stories that you researched. And check out her book on Amazon. And thank you so much. It was wonderful meeting you and hearing about these lessons. Thank you. Great. Thank you for the, the opportunity. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much again for listening. Check out the book, go to the website, and I hope you learn a little bit more when you read that book more in depth. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial and start streaming over 100 hours of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Pat 11 TV today. Bye for now.